theyeshiva.net. Okay, good morning. Thank you, everybody, for joining us. It's a pleasure to have you. And let's get right into it. We are up to page 64. Lakuta Torah, the Mimer, Anila Doidi Vidoidi Li Roshetevis Elu, which we began last week. And we continue today with class number three. That's page 64. Page 64. Please open your source sheets. If you want, you could go to the yeshiva.net. If you're on Zoom, you can go to the chat and you'll find there the source sheets, a link to the source sheet so you could follow inside. Page 64, the first column. We are smack in the middle of the page. <coughs> the line st- the line begins with the words Kara da Avuha Lihivotel Vilihikhalil Biritsoinoi Yizbarich. Literally in the middle of the page, again the line begins Kara da Avuha. So the key points that we discussed, and of course it would be worthwhile for everybody to review the Maimir, the part that we learned till now. You can watch the replays on double speed if necessary on theyeshiva.net so you could really uh, grasp the full, uh, the full uh, depth and theme and flow and rhythm and resonance of the Maimir. But the key points that we explored was the uniqueness of the month of Elul. On one hand, a time of tremendous accessibility, a revelation of Yud Gimel Midas Harachamim. But what does that mean? It's not like Rosh Hashanah or Yom Kippur. They are mundane days, regular weekdays, Elul, days when we go to work, days when we say Tachnon. It's, it's not considered a Yom Tif, a holiday in any form because it's the king is in the field which makes the accessibility of Hashem absolutely unique. When the king comes out into the field, every person, whoever they are, no matter their situation, their rank or lack of rank, their circumstances, their attire, their uniform or lack of uniform, no matter their involvement and what they're engaged in, has that full ability and potential to be able to go and welcome the king and greet the king and and engage in a relationship with the king, and he, on his part, greets everybody with a pleasant countenance, as he puts it, showing a face, a, a displaying a face of, of laughter and joy and jubilance and acceptance, a face that's quelling, quelling, he says, a face that's filled with, with smiles and laughter. And the Alter Rebbe, the Balatanya, says that that's the main theme of Elul. That ability for such a powerful relationship that's really accessible, not just to the people in the city and people who want to come into the palace and people who have that spiritual protection, but rather to every single person, people in the field, even people who are in the desert, as he put it, even people who are in the desert, but the king comes out into the field, allowing everybody, those in the field and even those in the desert, if they want, if they want, to come greet him. And that's why Elul 
is considered a regular weekday because the uniqueness of El is not a revelation of the divine that demands segregation from the material, aloofness, sublimity. It doesn't demand one to abstain and disengage from their regular self. On the contrary, the uniqueness of Elul is God wants to meet you where you are. He wants to meet you in your full vulnerability, in your full authenticity, in your full MS. That's the idea. In your regular garb, where I am, in my field, in my desert, he wants to meet me. He wants to meet the real me, the authentic me. Like in Yiddish, there's an expression, gate. as you stand and go, as you are, this is where I want to meet you. I don't want you, I don't need you to get dressed for the occasion. There are other times we get dressed for the occasion. Shabbos, you get dressed for the occasion. Yom Tif, you get dressed for the occasion. Allah and Shulchan Aruch is, you put a white tishtach, you put a white tablecloth on the table, you clean the house, you set a beautiful table, a festive dinner. It demands a certain ambiance. Shabbos and Yom Tif are neshamas, the antenna of our souls are sensitive to a, 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 the, the ambiance, and it demands that the person goes into that ambiance in order to be able to absorb that energy. The month of Elul, the uniqueness of the revelation of the month of Elul is of a different caliber. It's not a type of revelation that demands from the person the segregation to be able to go into that ambiance. The uniqueness of Elul is he goes into your ambiance. He comes into the field without the garbs, without the whole entourage, without the whole arist- the whole royal fanfare and drama and aristocracy. So it's Yimei HaChel. And that allows every person, wherever they are in life, to be able to reach out if they want. They have to want. That's why it's Isarusa de Lasata. If you want, because when the king is in the field, there's also it's, it's, it's not very, um, as he said, awe-inspiring. There's no sense of tremendous yira as there will be in the palace, Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur. It really depends on your will. Like It's courtship. It's, it's, it's like a date. You, have to, you, you really have to be interested. Just on, on uh, I just want to make sure, on, on Zoom, just give me a thumbs up that you can hear and see. Okay. Thank you, everybody. So, that, the Altarib also discussed the difference. There's the field, there's the desert, a person who may be in a desert, an infertile wilderness. But nonetheless, there is what the Pasuk says, You search from there, Hashem. And the question was, what, Hashem got lost? What do you have to search for him? There's the game, hiding and seek. Somebody is uh, lost, at least lost to us, so we search for him. What's upikashtim? You're going to search for God, what happens? He's a lost object, and you search from there. So the Alter Rebbe explained, It says in the beginning of creation, God created the light, and he saw it was good. So it says in Zoyar, it was good to hide. And he explains, what light is that? The physical light was actually created on Wednesday. The sun, the moon, the galaxies, the planets. The source of light in our world, on our earth, and other planets that comes from the sun, (coughs) or other stars, those were created on Wednesday. The light of Sunday, the first day, he says, that's the light of Hashem himself. The expression of his infinite energy. And that got hidden. 
that God hidden in every single Jewish soul. It's called the Oitzer Shal Yerushamayim, the treasure chest, the treasure of Yerushamayim. And sometimes it's not only hidden, but it's lost. I don't know where it is. I don't have access to it. It's an Aveda. And the Aveda of life is Hashavas Aveda. You got to find, you got to look for it. And you got to restore it to the owner. Sometimes it's even in exile. That's why you'll be kashta. You have to search. And the Alter Rebbe says, and this is the, one of the powerful major, major points of this Maimer, the only way you could find something that you lost is if you search for it in the place where it was lost. If I search for it in the place that it was not lost, I will never find it. And that's why Moshe Rabbeinu says, You have to search from there. What's from there? He says, You'll search from there. Don't be afraid to go to the Sham. Explain the difference of Zeh and Sham. I'm not going to repeat all the details. You can go back to the previous class. But don't be afraid to go to the Sham. What's over there? The place where it was lost, that's where you're going to find it. Because it's there. It's there. It didn't disappear. That oil, that light is there. It's always there. Because it's who you are. But I may not have access to it. And therefore I have to be able to search for it over there. And he says, to go, if I, if I examine my, my thoughts, my words, my actions, what's happening inside of me. Over there, over there, and we explain what that means, you know, how practical and relevant that is in life, that it's very hard. I don't want to go to those places. I want to say, let's just start over again. And sometimes that's amazing. But if I lost something and I need to find it, I have to be able to go back there. I have to be able to go into that space where it was lost. What does that mean for many people? For many people that means that there are wounds that we carry inside of us. And those wounds eclipse a very, very deep light. And if I ignore those wounds, if I run away, and I say, I'm not going to deal with it, I'm not going to look at it, I'm not even going to acknowledge it, I'm not just running away from my wounds, I'm also running away from my light. It's not a mitzvah to go into the wound but it's a mitzvah to find the light. And if the light is over there, if your oil, if your oil is over there, so then I have to be able to confront that. I have to be able to confront what is going on in me. My reactions, as he says, my thoughts, my words, my behaviors, and be able to see where it was lost, the oil was lost. You know, this applies so much to people's inner emotional work today, especially in the field of trauma. Because really what it is, is it gets stuck. The trauma may have happened when I was a child, a one-time event or an event over many years. And the person is, is, is stuck. There's a stuckness there. And I have to open it up. I have to open it up. It's literally like there's a blockage. You know when there's, there's a flow of water and then there's a dam, a blockage that literally does not allow the water to flow? So imagine if your soul's light is like this beautiful, tranquil river flow of divine infinity that flows to you, and then there's this blockage that just obstructs the flow, and it's stuck. 
and you need to replace it with, with other, other forms of energy and creativity and excitement. And you know how, how painful that is? So the Alter Rebbe says, Ubikashta Misham, go search over there, go, that's where your Avet is. Go search there. This is all, be- and then I can discover that Ur, which is the Ur, Pnei Melechayim, the light of the king. We say in the, in the morning, he's going to quote later, but in Sim Shalom, the last blessing of Shemayna Esra. He spoke before about Kale Hashem Vayoer Lonu, the light that comes from Kale, the Hisgalus of Yud that's finding that infinite light inside of me. So even the Jew who's in the field and in the desert, he says, in Elu, God says, Come, find me, which means find you, find yourself. Al Rebbe now continues the next stage. We come now to an incredible piece in this Maimon. You see again, page 64, column 1, line starts, There's a little parenthesis after, and the next line, Again, if you have a Lakut Torah, you can open a Lakut Torah, Lamed Bey, Parshish Re'e, Lamed Bey's column 3, or 64. I told you this is an easy, my, this is the reference of this Maim is easy to remember because it's Daf Lev, it's a maimah filled with heart, and it begins on the page of heart. Lamed Bez is lev. The whole maimah is about the heart. It's a maimah filled with heartsikait, with, with heartfeltness. Genuine heartsikait, as they say in Yiddish. If you don't have a Lakut Torah, you can go to theyeshiva.net if you're watching live or replay, and over there you'll see this Monday class, and you will be able to open the source sheet both above the video below the video you'll see a source sheet sometimes you have a person and I think some of us will be able to relate to this very well a person who's yefashpesh yefashpesh means he or she searches they scrutinize they dig through they look through a person's actions a person's behaviors and yet, he or she will not be stirred. Yisairi comes from the word hisairus. Hisairus means arousal. When you're triggered, when you're aroused, when your heart is stirred, you know, something wakes up in you, right? You say, He wakes up those who are asleep. We say in Nishmas, on Shabbos, and Yom Nishmas Kolchai. To wake up. Hisairus, what's a hisairus? Hisairus means an arousal, an awakening, a trigger. Somebody, somebody's moved. He says, a person does all of this. He searches. And you know what? Nothing, uh, nothing is triggered. Nothing is aroused. There's not even a sense of, of any frustration, of any, of any pain. Yismarmer comes from the word mirirus, a frustration, a, a pain, a sensitivity. Even though the person may spend time really deepening his awareness and meditating, reflecting deeply about that there's a divine spark that fell into exile in, in, inside the person's soul. The Alter Rebbe said before, you have to search 
because your divinity is there, but it may be lost, it may be in exile, it's inaccessible, it's being controlled, it's being manipulated, it's being, it's locked up, it's blocked, it's eclipsed, it's covered up, like somebody who's in exile. They're not free to express themselves. They're not free to do what they want. They're being controlled by other forces. So your own elokus, instead of me being Yisrael, what's Yisrael? Yisrael is Sar, you remember Yisrael? He touched Sar Kael. Who rules me? My infinity rules me. Sar is, who's the Sar in me? Who's the prince in me? Who is the Sar from the word Sar, Shrara, minister? Like a Sar is a minister today in modern Hebrew, a Sar is a minister in the government. Okay, I don't know how complimentary that always is. But the point of Sar is somebody that rules from the word in the Megillah, to rule. So Yisrael is Sar Kael. Who rules my life? My Kael, my infinity. When my posture is aligned with divine infinity and there's a derivative flow, literally a derivative flow from Hashem's infinity, Kael Hashem Vayoyer Lonu, that's the Ur of Ein Soif, which reflects the Ein Soif, that flows through me, that's Yisrael. And the word, the Yud, represents that it's perpetual, it's constant. That's what the Yud does in Hebrew grammar. Kacha yasa iyev kol hayam. But this person may be thinking about this and may take it serious to try to understand that the Nitzvah Tzalakuz, the divine spark, has fallen into exile in my soul. And yet, I'm not triggered in a positive way. I'm not aroused. I'm not moved. I'm just... You know, bah, it's all blasé, it's all irrelevant. In other words, in simple English, I don't care about the fact that I don't care. Anybody relates to this? I don't care about the fact that I don't care. Yeah, and sometimes I don't even care about the fact that I don't care that I don't care. And if you want to take it further, you can even do, I don't care about the truth that I don't care, about the fact that I don't care that I don't care. So he says, this is what the person should take to heart, should direct towards his heart. Very interesting expression. person should apply to himself or herself the following metaphor. Now the Rebbe is saying, when I'm in a state that I'm looking for the Aveda, I search there, but there's nothing coming up. There's no... I, I didn't hit. I didn't. I didn't even get close. You remember that game, hot and cold, right? Hot, hot, hot. You're getting closer and closer. Yeah. I remain cold. <laughs> I remain distant. I never hit that jackpot. I never touched that spot. I never touched that spot. I was reading. Uh, there was a Holocaust survivor who was in Auschwitz who uh, recently still alive. She acts. She practices as a therapist. Dr. Edith Eger, she's a grandchild of Rabbi Kiva Eger. She lives in La Jolla, California. So she was writing about her memories and her experiences as a therapist, her memories from Auschwitz and her experience as a therapist. So she has a line there and she says, you know, sometimes I'll say something or ask something and the patient will start crying. And she says, that's a good thing because I know that I hit the spot. I hit the spot where there's a wound so that's where something is lost. So that's literally, in, in, in very simple English, what the Maimah was saying before. You hit the spot. 
But here I'm digging and digging and there's no hits, there's no spot that I hit because nothing is being aroused. There's, there's like an apathy, a monotony, an apathy, an indifference. Stalter Rebbe says, now you have to think yasim elibay. Put into your heart and apply to yourself the following metaphor. And this is a very, very intense metaphor, I'm just telling you. The nature of a person is when a person feels pain, when a person has pain, if the body experiences something that's painful, even if the pain affects merely, merely a toenail, which basically stumbled on a rock, a person is walking, and it's not that the foot the foot itself or the leg stumbled on a rock. It's tzipoyrin ragle. Tzipoyrin means the nail, ragle of his foot. So you're talking about a toenail. Nonetheless, one doesn't say, oh, the pain only affected the nail. Why should I feel pain? <laughs> Let me just move on and make believe it doesn't exist. You feel the pain, and like everything, you feel it in your brain. Um, it's tired and it's agonizing. The person has sire, the person agonizes from it. And this is true about the toenail, and it's true about the, the nails on the hand, and it's true about any other part of the human body. As long as it's part of my living organism, when there is pain anywhere, even in the toenail or anywhere else, the brain feels the pain. There's a, there's a sense of agony. Obviously, there's levels of pain. But the common denominator is, this is the nature of a person. When there's pain anywhere in the body, you're aware of it. And who's aware of it? The brain is aware of it. Because the brain is the central nervous system of the entire organism. Achainu, but there's one condition. Achainu, kashe'ever but this is only if that particular limb, that particular part of the body, say the nail, is still connected to him, terim nechtach, before it was cut off. If, 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 if this part of the body was cut off, let's take the example of the nail, even though the nail is not considered a limb, an aver, but that's the example he gave. If somebody cuts the nail... And now the nail stumbles on a rock. He says, <laughs> You could do whatever you want with that nail. My brain is not going to feel the pain. Why? Because the nail has been cut off from its source. As long as the nail is attached to me, as long as any part of the body is attached to me, then whatever happens to me, even if it's the tiniest toenail, which seems so remote from the brain, which is so remote from the brain, it doesn't seem very significant, it doesn't have any nerves, and it's going to be cut off. I'm going to feel the pain. I'm going to go, ouch, ouch. It was just your nail. But you know that your nail can make you sugar sometimes. Your nail can drive you crazy. And certainly other parts of the body. But as long as the nail is connected. Once I cut off my nails, it's not connected anymore. Now I'm not going to feel any pain. I stumbled. I, it's going through something. It may be going through something, but it's not part of me anymore. So I don't feel the pain. So the Alter Rebbe says, now, the, this is going to be very, this, I'm telling you, this is a very, very intense piece, but then let's see what he, his solution is. 
כך אנחנו בני ישראל מחוברים ודבקים ביוסברך. He says, this is a metaphor, we, Bnei Yisrael, who are all part of Yisrael, and he explained before what Yisrael means. We are all connected. We are all mechubarim, we are all linked, udvukim, we are connected, boyus baruch with Hashem. V'lochein therefore, tzrichim anachnu lahargish hakeiva habgam, shapagamnu vairadnu begolus, nitzu tzalakusa yisbaruch. And therefore, the natural state of events, If somebody appreciates this truth that all of us, all of us are connected to Hashem. It's literally like one integrated large organism. And like every organism, there's many different parts. There are different limbs and different organs and different compartments and different bones and sinews and tissues. There's in fact not millions and not billions, but trillions of cells that comprise the body, but all of them are part of one cohesive and integrated guf, which we call the body. So all of us are one. We're connected to Hashem, all of us. So therefore, the, according to the natural order of things, we ought to feel the pain, the ka'ev, and the b'gam, the blemish, that was caused, that we caused, by bringing into exile, by causing the divine spark to go into exile. We ought to feel that pain. Because even a Jew who has sinned, the Gemara says in Masechta Sanhedrin, even a person who has sinned is still in a state of Yisrael. And we explained before what Yisrael means. And even somebody who has made many mistakes and many transgressions, even willingly, For, for sure, if it was inadvertently, and it's things that are not even my fault. But even a person does it willingly. The state of Yisrael is always there. The Gemara says this in Sanhedrin, about Achan. Achan was a Jew who, as the Gemara says, they violated some of the most heinous crimes. The Gemara goes through a list of five things that he did. You could look it up if you want. But really not nice stuff. Besides violating the commandment not to take the spoil of Jericho after the Jewish people conquered it, not to take the spoils of Yericho. There were some other serious immoral failures, and the Gemara says about him, Afal pishachata Yisrael. And therefore every Jew, what does it mean, what does it mean you're Yisrael? It means that Kale is your sar. Who is really ruling, who is really, what is inside of you? Infinity. And this divinity will never depart from you. It may be concealed. It may be in exile, like we said before. It may be lost. I may not have access to it, but it's there. Furthermore, not only is it there, not only is the divine flow still there, but it's still defined as the sar, as the ruler of your life. Because you called Yisrael. It doesn't say even though you sinned, you still have within you a divine spark. It says, And what does Yisrael mean? Sar Kale. That the Kale is your Sar. Who rules you? Your Kale, infinity. He says, but one second, you just said that the Nitzitz is in Golos. So he says, Because Because 
יאכל שיהיה הופך מן ההפך אל ההפך לגמרי לחזור לקדמוסה. You can't compare the prince in captivity to the peasant in captivity. You can't compare. Even in captivity, you completely can't compare a king who's in captivity to a peasant who's in captivity. It's a completely different experience. You might say, what's the difference? They're both in prison. They're both in shackles. They're both subjugated. They're both exiled. What's the difference? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter, like what Kaihela says, right? A, a living dog is better than a dead king. It doesn't, you would say, it doesn't matter. You're both in prison, you're both in captivity. al says, but it's not true. The way the prince is in captivity is still different than the way the peasant is in captivity. On both levels, on one hand, there's a certain royalty and dignity that they never lose. And on the other hand, and one depends on the other, there's also a certain pain, because it's not who I am. There's a certain inner awareness, this is not where I belong. When the Tsar, when the Melech is in captivity, it's a completely different experience. He says, you can't compare those two in captivity. So he says, even in captivity, you could still see and recognize the status the state of the Tsar, because there's an inner nobility despite the circumstances. So he says, even when your Yisrael is in Golos, when your own Yisrael, your Kale is in captivity, in exile, it's lost, you're still Yisrael, it's still a Tsar. You're still a Tsar. The Kale is your Tsar. It's a Tsar in captivity. It's a divine being that's lost. And therefore, the frustration is deeper. And therefore the pain is deeper. And therefore the trauma is deeper. Because you know you don't belong here. But it also means that there's a part of you that's not defined by the captivity. The part of you that remains free. The part of you that remains aloof, that remains emancipated, even under these circumstances. And the Alter Rebbe says, and furthermore, in one moment, with one tnua, with one motion, you can transform yourself from one extreme to the other extreme. So therefore, even a Jew whose chata, he still has that spark and there's an awareness of it. And you're still called Yisrael because it's not a regular, you're not, you, don't become, you don't become a peasant. Your kale is still your sar and it's the sar that's in exile. And in one moment, therefore, you can also transform yourself, you can liberate yourself because that freedom that nobility, that inner dignity is innate, it's intrinsic. But this is all if there's a weirdness. When somebody completely is numb to the pain, somebody completely doesn't feel any pain. They don't feel their dignity. They don't feel their nobility. They don't feel their infinite love and they don't even feel the pain of the blemish. In other words, the pain of the fact that it's an exile. I knew this means it may be that the blemish, the trauma is so deep, until there was complete separation. If the nail was cut off, then I don't feel the pain. So this is the marshal that the Rebbe is telling me. 
And let's understand what he's saying here. If the finger, and even the fingernail, is connected to the body, I'm going to feel the pain. Whatever happens to any part of the body, I'm going to feel the pain. Why? Because there's a connection between one part of the body and every other part of the body. Not separate bodies, it's one integrated entity. If something happens to your nail, I'm not going to feel it. But if something happens to my nail, I'm going to feel it because my body is one from head to toe. From my brain uh, nerve cells to the last cell in my toe, it's all one cohesive integrated self. And therefore, I'm going to experience the agony. I'm going to experience the pain. So therefore, he says, if the person is connected to Hashem, if kale is flowing inside of me, even if it's hurt, even if it's suffering, even if it's lost, even if it's in exile, but it's inside of me. It's part of who I am. So of course I'm going to feel it. I'm going to feel the pain of God inside of me. As he said earlier, the Pesach he should return to Hashem and have compassion for him, for Hashem. Because Hashem is in me, in captivity, in exile. My infinite love is blocked. <laughs> it's trapped. I feel that pain. You say, but this part of your limb, your body is, 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 is sick and it's infected and there's so many problems. Yeah, but I feel the pain because it's inside of me. So when the divinity is part of me and inside of me, I feel its pain. I feel the pain of Hashem inside of me. I feel the pain of My brain feels the pain. You say, but, but you're you're right. But Yisrael this is who I am. So my sar, my prince, my king may be trapped, may be blocked by a lot of layers, but I feel it. What happens, says the Altar when I don't feel? What does it mean? Does it mean it's not part of me anymore? Does it mean that the nail got cut off? So what happens to the nail doesn't affect me. So what's happening to Hashem in me is not affecting me. So I'm cut off. So therefore, I don't feel it. I don't experience it. He says, that's what it looks like. Nifred v'nichris m'shor If godliness is inside of me, I'm connected to it, it's an exile, I feel the pain. But here I'm not feeling anything. So now, what, so what's the next step? <laughs> what's the next step? So you might say, okay, it's over. The game is over. Sometimes people are just cut off. They cut off from their source. They're amputated from their source. And therefore, they can't feel the pain of their source because they're not part of it anymore. <laughs> the nail won't feel the pain of the body when it's disconnected and you won't feel the pain of the nail when it's disconnected. You're, you're, you're in two separate worlds. You're, you're. So the Alter Rebbe says, no. <laughs> but that's never true. <laughs> So what does this meditation do? What's the conclusion? The conclusion is not, I'm cut off. So that's it, let me go home. This means that I need to be able to have more compassion for myself. This, on the contrary, will arouse deeper rachamim, deeper compassion. Even though I'm not feeling the compassion, 
That's the point. I'm not feeling the compassion for myself. I'm not feeling the compassion for my infinite light. So what does that need to do? What does that, what's the result of that? I should have even more compassion. Have more compassion for the fact that you don't have compassion. Have compassion. As explained elsewhere, the meaning, what we say every single morning after Baruch including today, you remember what we say? With your great compassion, have compassion on us. What does this mean? With your great compassion. With your great compassion, have rachman on us. And we say it also later in Avas Oilam or Avarabba. Avinu Avarachem on Hamirachem, Rachem no Aleinu. Says the Alter Rebbe, listen to this. Pirush, Mipnei Shanachnu, Ein Sichleinu, Hadal Masigaydal Arachmonas. We may be in a state where our limited capacity of awareness doesn't grasp the depth of the compassion. I may not be in touch with the depth of the pain. Why? Because the blockage is so profound that it's as though I would be separated from it and detached from it. So I can't even feel the pain of my detachment because I'm detached in my own consciousness from that pain. So what I say is, since I'm not in a place where I have the competence, the ability to be aware of what's going on, as his word, his words, our state of mind does not always grasp the depth of the compassion. So therefore, what do I say? You teach me how to have compassion. If I would be able to appreciate how much compassion is necessary here, that would be great, but I can't. So I say, Have compassion on us with your rachamim. You know how much compassion is necessary here. You're aware of the pain. You're aware of how powerful I really am, how good I really am, how holy I really am, how beautiful I really am, how sacred I really am, that I, my posture is really a reflection of infinite love, but I am so trapped, I don't even know I'm trapped. So I can't have compassion because I don't feel it. A therapist once told me, it just, it just came into my mind as I was talking, that somebody was sitting in his office and the man was telling him about his life. And uh, this, th- this thing, his youth and his childhood and his teen years and his adult years and then his marriage. <coughs> he says... In the middle, and he says, "Oh, and 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 by the way, <laughs> he like throws something in. His child was killed in a car accident." And the therapist told me, "The therapist says I started to cry. <laughs> I was sitting in the office. He was rattling off one tragedy after another tragedy after another tragedy. He says, and I found myself crying. The person didn't know why I'm crying." You know, sometimes you hear a story. You're crying. The person who's telling the story is not crying. 
What's the condition Alter Rebbe is describing here? Oh yeah, it's such a deep, such a deep condition, such a powerful idea. Sometimes I feel the pain. That doesn't mean it's not painful, but it means I'm already closer to the healing. I know where to look. <laughs> There's a splinter. I know where I have to take out. There's pain. I know what to show the doctor here. Check this out. There's emotional pain. I know where the light is. I know where to look. I'm looking in the right place. I'm looking at the wound. I'm trying to heal the wound. I'm trying to see what's beneath the wound. Sometimes a person is, deals with a lot of pain. Sometimes a person has trauma, but I'm aware of something that was lost. I'm aware. I'm aware that something was lost in my life and I'm searching for it. And I'm feeling compassion for that pain. That's the first level. But sometimes, oy, the trauma is so deep that you cannot even vein it. The trauma is so deep that you detached from everything. You even detached from the feeling that you're detached. You get it? You're so, I'm so detached, I can't even afford to feel any connection with the pain because that's too painful. So what I do is that part gets cut out from my life completely. My inner child is, so to speak, amputated. So I don't even feel its pain. I don't feel a child crying inside of me because I got rid of him. But Alter Rebbe says, you didn't really get rid of him. <laughs> That's the difference. When you cut off the nail, you really cut the nail off. It's not part of you anymore. <laughs> you burn the nail and it's it. It's over. But here, can you really cut God out of your life? Can you really cut your soul out of your life? Can you really get rid of your inner child? You know how to do that? But you, you, you understand what he's, what he's saying here? So when a person says, I don't care that I don't care. He says, now let's all start. Now let's feel compassion. Because there's no such a thing that you don't care. There's no such a thing. My dear child, there's no such a thing you don't care. But the pain was so deep. The betrayal was so profound that your only escape... Your survival skill was, I don't care. I don't care. It's bringing up a lot of stuff, a lot of stuff. I remember once reading about a, a brilliant, brilliant young man. And he was in a foster home. And uh, the person running the foster home, his stepfather, so to speak, was uh, a very, very abusive person. And uh, in the evening, he would, give the, he would give this youngster, it's hard to say, three options. I can beat you with a belt, I can beat you with a stick, or I can beat you with a wrench. And you choose. The boy had the freedom to choose. And what do you think he chose? <laughs> he, of course, chose the wrench. <laughs> Sometimes, sometimes, uh, you know, it's not always so dramatic. It's not always so dramatic a case of real, real physical abuse. Sometimes it's all emotional. But the concept is that there are situations in life when a person grows up 
with the survival skills that have taught them at a very young age that you need to detach. And there's a part of you that you will not feel, there's a part of you that you will not be in touch with, there's a part of you that will have to die if you want to live. And that part becomes dead so that you can survive. And now you get older and you find yourself stuck and paralyzed and traumatized with the inability to emote, with an inability to connect. And Al-Tarebbe says, you have to become aware of what happened. It's as though that part was cut out of your system and therefore you can't feel it. Now, what do we do now? So he says, now you need compassion. Wow. You would think that Rebbe would say, so start screaming at the nail to come back. He says, no, no, no. Now you need much more compassion. You need to have compassion for that piece of godliness in you, for that infinity in you, for that love in you that has been cut out of your system. In your consciousness it's been cut out because it's not really been cut out. And you have to be able to say, you know, I don't feel the compassion here. I'm not compassion. I don't feel. I don't feel the pain. But with your compassion, with your rachamim, have rachmanes on us. I don't get the depth of it. I really don't. Sometimes I'm not in tune with it. But you are. You know how precious I am. So you know how painful it is. You know when you see the prince. When you see a prince in the garbage dump collecting leftovers from the garbage bag in order to survive, you start crying. He may not be crying. This is his life. But you're crying. Because your sensitivity has not been dulled. Because your sense of compassion is still acute. Do you know who you are? Do you know how much love there is in you? You're Yisrael. Your kale is your sar. Infinity rules you. And even when you're in, when it's in prison, it's a saru's in prison. But that's as long as I know who I am. And I could feel the pain of me not being who I am. But what happens when I don't feel the pain of me not being who I am? It's because I'm not that person anymore. At least not consciously. So the Alter Rebbe says, now you have to go to deeper Rachman. And here he adds and he says further, how is that going to help? The attribute of Rachamim is the attribute of Yaakov Avinu. This is an expression that comes from Parshas Truma. You remember in the Mishkan, there were brichim. A briach is a bar that connected all the beams, the krashim of the Mishkan. So you had the bars on the top and on the bottom of the beams, those bars only went halfway. There was a bar that came from the east to the west, a bar that came from the west to the east, and they met in the middle. But Briach HaTichon, the central bar was Mavriach Min HaKatze It went from one extreme, one end to the other end. So the Alter Rebbe explains, based on Kabbalah, that you have the upper bar, you have the lower bar, that's Chesed and Gvur, Avram and Yitzchak. And then you have Yaakov, is Midohem Tzoyis, it's the Briach HaTichon, it's the central bar. It goes from one extreme to another extreme. In other words, it penetrates from the beginning till the end, from the end till the beginning, from the highest to lowest. Why? That's Midas HaRachem. 
all other attributes don't go from the highest to the lowest and from the lowest back to the highest, besides Midas HaRachemim. Midas HaRachemim is Mavriach Min HaKotzel HaKotzel. What does this mean? This means you're never too low, you're never too distant to be able not to have compassion on you and on yourself. You see, I can't always feel love to a certain person in a certain condition, including to myself. It's not a briyach atichim avriyach ben It's sometimes hard, but rachamim, you can always have compassion. You say, yeah, but I'm in such a low state. Exactly, have compassion. Yeah, but I'm messed up completely. Exactly, have compassion. Compassion is something that connects the highest to the lowest. You can always have compassion. Compassion doesn't mean you're, he's right, doesn't mean you're right. Compassion doesn't mean there were no mistakes. Compassion doesn't mean I didn't make terrible mistakes. Maybe I did. Compassion just means that you're feeling, you're becoming aware of the dysfunction. And you're experiencing the pain of it. Something very, very powerful happens in the process. What happens with compassion? You know what happens? When you could start feeling compassion for the pain that you're going through, even though you're telling yourself you're not feeling anything, that itself you need to have compassion for. (laughs) I'm so detached that I'm not allowed to feel anymore. What happens is compassion starts opening up the wound. Compassion allows you to connect to that space without judgment. And when you could connect to that space without judgment, you can slowly start seeing what's behind it. Even though you said it's like a person who's cut off from his source completely, Afal Pikain, of course, in this case, I Dehiru Truva Achas Yashuvi is Dabik Bisharsha. Through one thought, one thought of Truva, a person can reconnect to his source. There's no such a thing as real disconnection. Reference to a mind. Let's give a metaphor. Imagine if in medicine they would have a concept of reconnecting the body to the head. God forbid if a person was beheaded, but medicine would have the ability to be able to reconnect the goof to the rosh. That's why it says in Torah, lift up the head, pick up the head. What's picking up the head? It's reconnecting, putting the head back where it belongs, on top of the body. There's no such a thing, you're really disconnected. Your head was really amputated. The shechin is not in you. You're not a Yisrael. Consciously you may not be. Consciously I may not care. Only because the pain is so much deeper. Only because the trauma is so much deeper. So midas harachimim, could you have compassion for the fact that you don't have compassion? Can you have compassion for the fact that you don't have compassion, my friends? Yeah, but I don't even care about that. I got it. And can you have compassion for that too? You know what compassion does? You know why it's so powerful? Listen to this. Because it allows us not to be naive, and yet it does not make us judgmental. You see, we have two extremes. 
Chesed is not judgmental, but it's sometimes a little naive. Gvura is not naive, but it's stark. It's it's discipline. It's 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 it's, it's somewhat judgmental. What's the beauty of Rachamim? There's no naivete. There's absolute awareness, sobriety, no blind spots, without judgment, just with compassion. What that allows is that that little child that's protecting itself, that's hiding behind layers and layers and layers of fear and insecurity, behind layers of trauma and blockages, that inner child could slowly peek out. Could slowly peek out. That's what it does. When you judge it, when you scream at it, oh, you're so bad, get back into the game. What happens? I tighten up and I run away further. When I make believe nothing is wrong, I'm detached from reality. That's the power of Rachamim. Rachamim can go to every place. It can go into the lowest place without glorifying it, without romanticizing it, without being naive, but without judging you're never too low, you're never too distant, you're never too remote, and you're never too high to be able to have Midas HaRachemim. So the, 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 the Alter Rebbe says here, imagine if in medicine there was this ability to be able to reconnect the head with the body. He says that's what Shuvah is. In a moment, Shuvah means to return. You're back, you're connected. Ah, okay. Let's take a few questions. I see it's Lebedek here in the chat. Since a man and a woman who are married are one, as it says in Zayar, if I as a wife learn to feel compassion, can my husband benefit as well? Absolutely, absolutely. Next question. When the king goes out to the field, can it also be like the field of research? This is where I meet him, where we learn and research together. Okay, sure. Nach Rachenu Next, I feel that everything you described today applies to my life in the sense that my trauma was so deep as a child that I had to stop feeling so much of myself and I couldn't even feel that I don't feel. Wow. Who would think that 200 years ago, in 1797, when this mimer was said, Alter Rebbe would describe this experience? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and and we we need midas harachemim. We need midas harachemim. Is this the Alter Rebbe's original metaphor that the king is in the field in the month of Elul? Yeah, somebody asked this the first time. As far as I know, I never saw the concept of the metaphor comes from the Magid. The Magid said that in the time after the Churban, it's like the king is homeless. So therefore any home that will let him in and welcome him, he'll be there. So the Magad says, in a way, after the destruction of the Beis HaMikdash, it's easier to have Ruach HaKadosh, to find divine inspiration and to have a very deep relationship with God. It's like the king is homeless. But this mashal about Elo, I, I never saw it before. Next question. We know Hashem is good and wants good, even though the, the good is not apparent to us. Hashem created every creation with great power, and He created all of creation to be good and to do good. But He gave us free choice. We can also do bad. This is what makes us human. But our free choice to do bad, our power to do bad and be bad, cannot begin to our power, cannot compare to the power 
to have to our power to create good, because that's what who that's who Hashem is. Therefore, His power to have created us to be good can hardly be dented or affected by our power to do the opposite. The reason we can do bad is because we need to have free choice. But the reason we can do good is because that's the purpose of our creation. So it's always more powerful. So we could blemish that which was given us, but we could never seriously damage it. So given our relatively weak and inferior power to do bad, and knowing that we can never get separated from the ultimate good, it's very comforting to know that even if we try very hard, we will never ever be disconnected. Beautiful. Okay, question. When we have physical pain, we know where to look. Tell the doctor where the pain is, and the doctor will begin the cure. This is a medical condition where the issue is obvious. But here, the person feels no physical pain. Sometimes the nervous system doesn't communicate to the brain. A person cuts his foot on the glass and be unaware of the cut or the bleeding, that's a much bigger tragedy because there's a disconnection if there's no nerves or the nervous system is damaged, you don't even know that you're bleeding. This is much more dangerous. The person is unaware of the cut. You could bleed to death, unaware of it all along. Such a person has to be constantly vigilant to the smallest cut because they don't feel the pain. Maybe this is the medical example of being in a condition where you're unaware of your spiritual cut and your spiritual pain. On a spiritual and emotional level, it's cut and there's a lot of bleeding, but I'm completely unaware of it because the nervous system is not connected. And what happens is, my nervous system is not communicating to the brain. There is like a sense of detachment. Is this, is this a proper metaphor? Yeah, exactly. This is exactly, exactly the point. But Alter Rebbe's point is that the, the real way of dealing with it is not to say you're disconnected, but to have even more compassion. More compassion for the fact they don't have compassion. Now, this is so important, and this is what I want to conclude with. Why is Rachamim so powerful? One of the reasons is because what Rachamim does is it directs me to the place where the wound is. And wherever the wound is, there is a light hiding, an infinite light hiding under the wound. That's why if I start judging it and screaming at it, I don't get access to the light. When I have compassion on it, it can open up and give me the light that's under the wound. And that's why Midas HaRachemim is so, so powerful and so critical in all of these situations. Can you have compassion for the pain? And can you have compassion for the pain that you don't feel? Real compassion without judging it. What's going to happen then is you'll be able to find access to the innermost light Everybody have a beautiful day. Thank you for joining us. This class is brought to you by the yeshiva.net. Please help us continue the classes. Make even a small contribution at www.theyeshiva.net slash donate.